0: Commemorating a deadly mosque attack, deaths in custody in Ontario spike, the Supreme Court rules on some mandatory minimum sentences, and Israel looks to arm Israelis as 2023 starts off deadly for Palestinians. Good morning. It's Monday, January 30th. I'm Nora, and here are your headlines. Last night in Quebec City, more than 300 people gathered at the Islamic Cultural Center to commemorate the sixth anniversary of the deadly shooting attack that happened there six years ago. It stole the lives of six men and left nearly 40 others with physical and psychological scars. I have to disclose that me reporting on this story isn't exactly ethical. I was one of the organizers of the event, including the lead on media relations, and I was the political liaison with the elected leaders who attended. So, with that out of the way, I'll continue. A group of active citizens come together to plan the event with the support of the mosque's leadership. Just before the first vigil in 2018, we met with the widows to ask them about what they wanted to see as we marked the first anniversary. They said to us that no one ever forgets this tragedy and that it's always remembered. In the audience last night was Justin Trudeau and several federal cabinet ministers and other elected federal MPs, Vice Premier Genevieve Guilbeault, and representatives from almost all other provincial and federal parties. There were some notable absences that you might have to direct message me to find out about. Speakers reminded politicians present that rising Islamophobia remains a threat and that not enough has been done to combat it since that night in January 2017. Applause burst out at several key moments, one honouring the courage and strength of Ayman Derbali, who spoke even though he had just been hospitalised. Applause also rang out when everyone present was reminded that the hijab is a symbol of strength and courage, and also when Mr. Bufelja Ben-Abdallah the spokesperson of the mosque, said that Francois Legault should have been present. It was the second time he missed the event, though the first time was during the pandemic and it was kept intentionally small. I invite you to watch the ceremony, which you can find online at the Facebook group of La Comité Citoyenne de l'Organisation de l'Attente du 29 janvier. Now to Ontario, where there has been a spike in deaths within Ontario prisons. In 2021 alone, 41 people died in custody in Ontario Correctional Institutions, reports Clara Paseka from CBC News. This number was almost double that of 2020, and the deaths are on the rise. Pasika reports that from 2010 to 2021, more than 280 people died in custody in Ontario. The data was compiled by researchers in a report called Tracking Injustice. I encourage you to read the report. In addition to the stats related to prisoner death, there is also information about who is in Ontario prisons. For example, 76% of everybody in custody are in remand. They're waiting for a court appearance or a bail hearing. As the system jams, more people find themselves in remand waiting for the process to move along before they're actually convicted. The researchers found that pre-trial detention rates are up 130% over the last 30 years. This has prompted activists and advocates to pen an open letter demanding that this crisis be addressed. The letter was signed by more than 40 organizations and addressed to Ontario's Solicitor General, Michael Kurzner. Pasika quotes Lindsay Jennings, one of the tracking injustice researchers, who said that, quote, "...the increase in deaths is due to declining mental health, inhumane conditions inside the correctional facilities, a lack of compliance from correctional officers and staff." And inadequate health care. Jennings also notes that when someone dies in custody, the inquiry process is so drawn out that people can wait five or even 10 years to actually find out what happened to their loved one. Now to national news. Friday, the Supreme Court made several rulings related to mandatory minimum sentences. Many mandatory minimum sentences were put in place by Stephen Harper and forced judges to sentence offenders to mandatory minimum amounts of time based on the kind of crime they committed. That meant that a judge could not use discretion in sentencing if there was a particular issue related to a specific case. The mandatory minimum sentences were part of a suite of so-called tough-on-crime reforms that Stephen Harper used to satisfy the part of the population who votes based on vengeance. The Trudeau government has repealed about 21 mandatory minimum sentences. The Supreme Court decisions affirmed that judges need to have discretion while sentencing. Sean Fine at the Globe and Mail reports that if a mandatory minimum sentence is applied broadly, the Supreme Court will likely find them to be unconstitutional. Instead, if they are to remain law, they need to be applied narrowly, focusing, for example, specifically on violent crime. Fine reports that the Federal Justice Department is aware of 174 mandatory minimum sentences that have been struck down by different courts all across Canada since 2016. That creates a hodgepodge of sentencing rules as just because one jurisdiction in Canada has struck something down as unconstitutional, it doesn't mean that another jurisdiction will do the same. Now to international news. After President Benjamin Netanyahu announced that he would make it easier for Israeli citizens to arm themselves, Al Jazeera is reporting the reaction to this news including that some are concerned that it will give, quote, the green light to shoot Palestinians. It's early days for Netanyahu's new far-right government, and things are not looking good. Al Jazeera quoted Haifa-based analyst Diana Butu, who said, quote, You have the Minister of National Security who has made it very clear that he believes in killing Palestinians. You have a Minister of Finance who's made it clear that Palestinians are here only temporarily. And you also have a prime minister who's making it clear that people should be armed and they're going to do nothing to stop the killing of Palestinians. You can see the recipe is that more and more Palestinians are going to be killed. Netanyahu has also promised that they will seal the homes of people they suspect to be violent before they demolish them, and that social security benefits will be cancelled for any family member of a Palestinian who is seen to be as a threat, or as Al Jazeera says, as quote-unquote attackers. Israelis, especially those who are settlers in the occupied territories, already carry arms out in the open. Many are worried that this will further increase tension and threaten the lives of Palestinians as the government finds creative ways to declare open season on them. More than 200 Palestinians were killed last year, according to the Palestinian Health Authority. Those are your headlines for this morning. It is Monday January 30th. I'm Nora. I hope you have a good day, and I hope you have a great week.